Welcome, one and all, console war veterans and civilian noobs, to the sixth episode of the Green vs. Blue podcast. The console cold wars are over! This week's main topic, PlayStation 5 Showcase Blowout. We are your hosts, David Brown, SD Dog, and PlayStation Pat Fennel. Green vs. Blue is a podcast where we, your hosts, discuss the two best gaming platforms, Xbox and PlayStation. Green vs. Blue can be found on patreon.com slash green vs. blue. That's patreon.com slash green vs. blue. Or you can contact the show directly at psboxcast at gmail.com. That is psboxcast at gmail.com. David, where can we find you? You can find me on YouTube at sddog, S-double-D-A-W-G, and at Twitch, real sddog, s Double D A W G. All right. You can find me on YouTube at Variety Pat. That is V A Riot Y Pat. Or on Instagram at PlayStation Pat. All right. So let's get into the show. So, first off, we have our retroscope segment, which is some corrections and news follow ups. Not too much going on in that section this week, but. Following up on last week's rotating segment, which was Age Like Fine Wine. You know, David, I saw Anthem over there at GameStop. How much was it? $1.79. Shoot. If you're looking to buy some hot games with some change that you picked up on the street, Anthem is for you. Yep, hot game, hot pile of (laughs) (laughs) All right, so moving on to games this week. David, what do we got? First, what, uh, what, what you been playing, Pat? What you playing? David, I finally beat Pokemon Let's Go Eevee, and in fact, between Pokemon Let's Go and Pokemon Go over on my mobile, I was able to beat Team Rocket leader Giovanni twice within a single hour. (laughs) Is that pretty hard to do? I guess not. I mean, Pokemon Let's Go Eevee was like a cakewalk. He is kind of pretty hard to beat in Pokemon Go on the mobile. Took me three or four tries, but I was able to get a sweet Shadow Suicune out of it. That's pretty dope. One of the nice uh, legendary dogs. Cool. So yeah. And in fact, next week I am going to be back on my PlayStation. Look forward to some sweet video game streams. Over on YouTube. Uh, yeah, I haven't been playing anything because we went on a you know a, on a sabbatical to Zion. Ooh, how was it? <laughs> well, you were with me, I so <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty fun. We don't have anything to show for for video gaming, unfortunately, on a video gaming podcast. But we did do a pretty sweet photo shoot, which will be showing up on our socials pretty soon. Green versus blue, our, our very first face reveal. SD Dog and PlayStation Pat coming Oof. at you in a bit. Those are some sweet picks. But let's get into uh, new games this week. So new Xbox games on Game Pass. Destiny 2 expansions for Saken Shadowkeep, which will be added on September 22nd, also known as past the time you'll be uh, listening to this podcast. Night in the Woods added also on September 24th, so look out for that. Warhammer Vermintide 2 also added September 24th, so look out for those. We're looking at games leaving uh, Game Pass this uh, at the end of the month, so watch out for Dirt Rally 2.0, Bad North, Dishonored 2, Panzer Dragoon Orta, Westerado, Double Barreled, and Ukulele. All of them are leaving September 30th, so get those in. I think the best one to look out for is Ukulele. That's a sweet 3D platformer, very much. Rare made that one, right? I'm not sure on the publisher. It's It it's, looks like Banjo-Kazooie, kind of, yeah, right? Yeah, it's pretty much a spiritual successor to Banjo-Kazooie and got pretty stellar reviews. So if you're into platformers, 3D platformers in particular, uh, check out Ukulele before the month's up. Pat, what we got for PlayStation? So over on PlayStation side, Dave, went through the new games this week on the store. I believe there was 13 new games. I picked out a couple highlights. Really a pile of uh, garbage, hot garbage this week. So anyways, first off, we got WWE 2K Battlegrounds. That just, I don't even, what is that? What is that game? So WWE, (laughs) that's the worldwide entertainment, wrestling, whatever you call it. It's fun, fun stuff. Last the WWE game from last year, 2019, was a complete and utter disaster. And they quickly followed up with announcing this game and sort of pushed this game out pretty fast. But it looks pretty fun. It looks it's very much in the style of that NBA Jam game we had a couple years ago, which oh, okay. is super popular, super cartoony. Yeah, very cartoony, okay. giant heads, and. 
I don't have much affinity for these games, but I remember when I was younger spending a couple hours, like many hours in the character creator and laughing my butt off and nearly peeing <laughs> my pants. Uh, so it might be, might be fun. You might have to censor that part out, Pat. It's a little <laughs> it's too much for our, for our audience. I didn't say I said pee. <laughs> I know. I know. We're trying to hit that, uh, you know, nine to 12 year old demographic. <laughs> So speaking of Fortnite, <laughs> anyways, following up, we got Spelunky 2. That's a sweet 2D platformer roguelike. I played Spelunky 1, kicked my butt. I'm hesitant to jump back into Spelunky 2, but fun, fun game and now with fun series. Then we got Gore SD, which looked really very ugly, but was cheap. And interest the the interesting part about Gore SD that is G O R S D. Yeah, that sounds like a uh, like an open world game where you just like kill people in like San Diego. That's what I get from that title. <laughs> well, it started out, <laughs> but it's like a sixteen bit platformer sort of. Definitely, certainly not open world. The cool part is though is you can play four player couch multiplayer. So if you got four people in the same room and you somehow scrounge up four controllers. You can check out Gore SD with all your friends, all three of your friends. Then we got Active Neurons, which was a puzzle puzzle game. I think this was the standout game for this week. The graphics are incredible, like very basic graphics, but gorgeous all the same. The music of the trailer is what really drew me in. Hard to compare it. Maybe Tetris, Tetris Effect like music and God, Tetris Effect was great. Then lastly, two of the 12, 13 games that this week that we got were called Praetorians Remake and Commando 2, both of which are overhead RTS games. I'm pretty sure they are the exact same game, minus some cosmetic changes, medieval versus modern. But yeah, if you're into RTS, check them out, because there ain't much going on until PS5. Right. All right, Pat, you ready to move on to cross-examination? Yeah. All right. Speaking of PS5, so David, what's going on in cross-examination this week? Yeah, 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 yeah. So before we actually get into it, just for any of our new listeners out there, cross-examination is our beefy segment where we talk about big relevant news regarding Xbox and PlayStation. When they intersect with each other in the gaming world, we then debate, speculate, or create a discussion of our own, which I think fosters good discourse. Pat, what do we have for this week's cross-examination segment? So, David, we finally got the PlayStation 5 showcase event. We got price. We got price. We got release date. We got a cut. We got release date. Pre-orders are, it's already sold out. <laughs> we'll get back to that. <laughs> what, so, what else we got? Let, let's, run, let's run through it. So, this past week on Thursday, September 17th, PlayStation held their digital event called the PlayStation 5 Showcase. I feel like there was only three, I'm going to call it three significant announcements were made. We'll run through the first two first. Okay. So we got Final Fantasy 16 was officially revealed. The trailer was way too long. David, you and I watched it together. I think we both, uh, partway through the Final Fantasy 16 trailer, got distracted because it was so long. Yeah, I... These games, I've never gotten into one Final Fantasy game, but for any of those hardcore fans out there, I think they just really, really cater to them. I was super, I was not, I was really into Final Fantasy XV, that was a fun playthrough. Final Fantasy VII was the first, the first real major game that I played during uh, COVID quarantine when that started, so that was a nice escape at the beginning of this whole situation that we're in more it's more final fantasy i don't know what you expect or don't expect (laughs) (laughs) but i think the coolest part about the reveal trailer to me was at the very end they did say that final fantasy 16 is a console exclusive but they did specifically denote that it is also available on pc nice or will be available on pc which in prior generations, when we did see console exclusive, we never saw also available on PC. Thank God that they're finally like giving us a little bit more detail. Yeah, I think Microsoft has really pushed for that uh, 
marketing you know for pc i think that both of these companies have realized the the market on pc mm-hmm. so i think it's really important that sony responds to uh to microsoft in that regard like putting pc also coming out on pc trying to make themselves like compete on that same level with them mm-hmm. i wonder it makes me wonder a little bit if we will see microsoft xbox achievements tied to the pc version of the game I mean, PlayStation isn't going to say also available on Xbox on their stage, but being available on PC with the way the Xbox ecosystem is going to be tied together, it's conceivable. Are you talking about achievements? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the achievements on PC, I think, I want to say it's a separate, when you unlock an achievement in a game on like Windows 10, Uh I think it's like a separate achievement thing like it doesn't i think it, it ties to your gamer score but i don't know sometimes like you unlock it and like say you're playing like halo right and you play it on the pc i think if you unlock it it's this, it's the same i think they have like an achievement system for the for the pc okay i'm pretty sure well, we'll have to revisit that if it is in fact complicated in any way moving on playstation release date is officially november 12th Woo-hoo. And the digital version will be $399.99, $400. And the version with the HD Blu-ray drive will be $499.99. I'm surprised it's like $100. I thought it was going to be... I swore... I think I swore on the last episode. Not swore, because we would have bleeped that out. But <laughs> swore that the discless console would be 4 450 I swore that, but I was wrong. Yeah, I was wrong. Uh, (laughs) I was wrong. These prices aren't entirely startling. I think if there was only a $50 difference between the two iterations of the console, it would sort of make the digital-only version kind of obsolete. Mm -hmm. So now we have the Series S at $300. -hmm. We have the discless PS5 at $400. We have both top-of-the-line consoles, Series X and Disc version PS5 at 500 bucks. Yeah. I think this is well played by both companies. Um, this is probably what I expected. I think they both... I agree. I think they both made the best of the situation. The cool part to me is that it comes out only two days. The PS5 comes out only two days after the Series S and X, which that's a big weekend and... If you're going for both consoles, you're day really, one. They're making you choose. You know, they're not like, oh, wait a week. Well, I mean, even a week is, is not enough time to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to buy a new, another new console. But if you're looking for, like, to dip your toe into the Microsoft, you would probably go the Series X route. Say if you have an extra couple hundred bucks to throw around. Uh, so them putting it such in close proximity to each other definitely makes you say, which one are you going to choose? I don't think a lot of people are going to do both. Yeah. And in years past, I think the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One release was like two or th- two weeks apart or so. I think mm-hmm. the Xbox One was before the PS4. And Dave, let me tell you, that itch, that itch you feel when, when the Xbox boys are, mm-hmm. Xbox boys and girls are getting to play their next-gen console two weeks before you... Papa needs the scratch. Is <laughs> tempting. Is tempting to go out and be like, "Look, I'm just gonna throw down some money so I can jump on next gen, yeah. even though it's only two weeks of missing out or so." <laughs> so we'll see how people respond to this. Uh, this actually segues really well into our next point here. So speaking of the Series S, what I was saying before, how. The Series S might be that that nudge for someone who's on the fence to dip their toe into the Microsoft ecosystem. A Sony executive actually responded to the Series S strategy from Microsoft. Jim Ryan, president and CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment, has said, per VideoGamesChronicle.com, quote, One thing that can be said is that if you look at the history of the game business, creating a special low-priced, reduced-spec console is something that has not had great results in the past. We've considered that option and seen other executives who have attempted this discover how problematic it is, end quote. Or Sony was thinking about doing this. Well, I think it will be really interesting to see how it plays out. I don't think this is... Has this ever happened in a console release where there's been like a lower end, like right off, right out the gate? I can't think off the top of my head. Maybe with Xbox with the arcade version Maybe, of yeah. the 360? 
I'm just super interested to see how. But how even then, the arcade version of the 360 wasn't underpowered. It just it was just less space, I think, on the on the actual hard drive. Yeah. So yeah, and this is going to be like a really unprecedented thing that's happening, and and it's interesting that Sony's coming out now and saying like right after the or, or during the pre-order debacle, which we will get to. They needed to kind of slap slap back at Microsoft a bit because Microsoft did come out looking pretty good last week with their with their reveal. We'll see how like I we really don't know how this is going to play out. This is a new generation, a new type of video game generation. As we've been saying, the console wars are kind of over between Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft. Nobody is playing the exact same game anymore. Nintendo has done this sort of handheld toy-like direction. Sony is very first-party, we have these awesome games direction, and you can only play them on PlayStation. Maybe on PC, the farther we go into this generation. And Microsoft has taken this lane of play anywhere this is a unified console Mm -hmm. system if the series s really can perform well it might do well on the market Mm. if the specs aren't nerfed too much yeah i think this is the one thing that's that microsoft has for them in terms of just like directly competing with them right out the gate because series x while it may be a slightly and i say slightly better console uh just in terms of like hardware capabilities I mean, they don't, again, we've said this many times, they don't have the game still. So this is the one thing that I think would run, give, give them a run for their money until we get those first party games from Microsoft. I, the Series S probably is the biggest wild card of this upcoming generation. As Jim Ryan said, Sony has not found success with this. Historically, there has not been success with a lower spec console last week on episode 5. I brought up the PlayStation TV, which Mm -hmm. was the Vita, basically, that could connect to the TV. And that was an absolute failure. I think the the Series S is different, but kind of the same in that way. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. We'll see. Biggest wild card. I think Microsoft is smart. They've been backed into a corner this entire last generation with the xbox one they're like a wild animal ready to get out of a cage right now (laughs) so (laughs) we'll see if you were hoping to pre-order a ps5 sorry it might already be too late all the way back in july during an interview representatives from playstation very specifically said that PS5 pre-orders would not be a surprise, and then it would be announced ahead of time. After the PS5 showcase in a tweet, Sony said that they would be up the following day on Friday, the Friday that has already passed. Well, if you're not listening to this show week one, it is well past now. Though That pre-order plan turned into a complete freaking disaster. Almost immediately after the show... Walmart sent out a tweet, and I quote, Make you wait to get the new hashtag PlayStation 5? Question mark? (laughs) Nah, that's not like us. Go on and pre-order it now! End quote. Jesus. So, yeah, Walmart really jumped the gun. PlayStation had this whole plan, and this pre-order debacle that ended up happening was really perpetrated and precipitated by Walmart's decision to just do their own thing. Didn't GameStop do this too? So, yeah. So Walmart sends out this tweet, puts up their PlayStation 5 pre-orders the night of the showcase, about 12 to 24 hours before they were supposed to, and this created a complete cascade. So I woke up Friday morning after the day after the showcase to find out that pre-orders had been sold out almost everywhere. And I did visit a GameStop this past Friday. And as I was in there, in fact, the manager was on the phone with an angry customer. So thanks to Walmart, PlayStation had to go and directly tell retailers to scramble and go live with their pre-orders right away. 
this manager at the GameStop that I was in basically was telling this person on the phone, sorry, you cannot pre-order anymore. GameStop had a list of people they were going to call who were interested in pre-orders when the pre-orders were up. That list was completely thrown to the wind. (laughs) The manager, while he was saying sorry, was also saying he was bummed out because he missed out on them as well. Just a complete freaking nightmare. That's what sucks is that you can't... Everyone's probably like mad at that GameStop employee when he has like absolutely nothing to do with it. (laughs) And people are mad at PlayStation. Well, I think they should be. I think what was probably the best thing to do if Walmart were to come out with it and jump the gun, just single them out and have the blame be entirely on Walmart. I agree. I think that would have been the best plan of action. No one make a move. PlayStation and Sony could punish Walmart by reducing their numbers of pre-ordered consoles. Yeah, I, that's weird. That's just such a weird situation, especially given that they were like ver, like verbatim, we will give you enough time to pre-order this. And then <laughs> and then it's just like, "Oh, never mind. That's 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 they just really shot themselves in the foot." Yeah. With that. So supposedly more pre-orders are going to be available ahead of the November 12th release date but for the time being if you missed out i missed out you're kind of out of luck yeah there's no doubt there'll be be more like don't worry but i feel like this i feel like they're just going to be sold out all year long i think the thing to do will be save your money for december 26th because as soon as the holiday season is over you will actually be able to find playstation 5s but up until then, the holiday during the holiday shopping season, it's going to be impossible. Everybody's while, while the hardcore will be going out and trying to get one day one. There's going to be a huge swath of parents or people buying the PS5 for their loved ones for the holidays. Everybody's going to be buying it, no matter what. Yeah. So if you can secure a PS5 for Christmas, you're just you're a real MVP. You're lucky. Um, but also that was pretty funny about, about the whole debacle was the Xbox's response in a tweet. They said, pre-order September 22nd. Worldwide launch in 36 countries, November 10th. Hype, 9,000 plus. Over 9,000. In parentheses. Don't worry. We'll let you know the exact time pre-orders start for you soon. Ooh. So they just little, did a little backhand to, to Sony here. A little, little stab in the back. And that reminds me of Xbox, you know, shot themselves in the foot in 2013 with the whole like we can't let you trade games and then sony was like this is how you trade games yeah like you mentioned before yeah and just handed them a game so this is kind of reminiscent of that uh of that era i don't think i don't think it's such a big deal but that was that was just a little funny part that i took out of it it was to capstone this pre-order debacle per wario 64 over on twitter as we've mentioned him before great twitter account to be following great deals great news and insights so he tweeted a screenshot of an email that amazon sent out to pre-order holders and i'll go ahead and quote this email quote hello We're contacting you about your pre-order of PlayStation 5 console to let you know in advance that you may not receive this item on the day it is released due to high demand. We'll make every effort to get the item to you as soon as possible once released. You can track the latest shipment status of your order under... End quote. So the email goes on a little bit more. There's some more information. Nothing really relevant. What are they saying, though? So basically, Amazon is saying that yeah, we took your pre-order, but we're not necessarily going to have an item for you in stock. So yeah, you can hold on to your pre-order, but the console might show up a month later if you're unlucky. Yeah, man, this, I think, yeah, this <laughs> this this is just stressful for everyone. It really turned into a complete freaking disaster. Uh, <laughs> if you're looking for a PlayStation, you might have to you know, be waiting for a little bit. Good luck, you're going to be treasure hunting. That's it. Okay. What were the other highlights from the event, Pat? So, David, we went through the two biggest announcements of the PlayStation 5 showcase. I still have one more huge announcement to go over, but we will just talk about all the news real fast that we did see. The event was let off with the Final Fantasy 16 trailer and then was followed by a official gameplay reveal of Spider-Man Miles Morales. 
They did sort of a one of those sweet pump pump fakes. Pump action you know, fakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Juke everybody out with, oh, this looks like another tra- another trailer, and then it goes straight into gameplay. It, I thought it was edited together pretty well. So we we did see that the villain of this game, at least one of them, will be the Tinkerer, who's very mechanical, and he leads a group called the Underground. And the underground is in rivalry with this group, this fictional Marvel company called Roxxon, which messes around with energy and has created various supervillains. Most of the gameplay that we did see was this big bridge moment where there's a bus falling into the Hudson River and Spider-Man's got to save the bus. And then... He's got like two webs out with his like, he's like, oh, I got to save them both. With like Tobey Maguire type, type energy going on. Yeah, I had to say I was a little disappointed though. Seeing the trailer, I was like, "Oh, we're gonna get like Spider-Man saving a bus from falling off a bridge." Is it's been done before? <laughs> it's been done before, and I thought that that's what it was gonna be. Like we, as the character, get to have this moment that we saw Tobey Maguire have this big, real superhero saving the people moment, and that's not what it was. But hey, I'm I'm like super excited for this game, dude. I'm, if they come out with a with a limited edition like Miles Morales co- like color scheme like PS5, you might you might see me dropping my unemployment check on. Oh, on uh oh! Don't tell my wife. <laughs> <laughs> but no, for real, that game looks dope. There's so much they could do with that game. Like if you just think about the movie and like all the characters that are in it, like the uh, film noir, Spider Man, and like. Like, think about all the stuff they could add in this game. Dude, there's so much. There's so much. It's endless. Spider-Gwen. Yeah. It'll be great. I think I think there's going to be a lot more to come this generation and forward from these Spider-Man, Marvel's Spider-Man games. And then next up was probably the biggest news that we found out. I would say almost bigger than the price reveal was Hogwarts Legacy. Also super excited for this one. Yeah, this looks really great. We so, didn't see any gameplay, or not, I think a frame of it. Maybe. Correct, we got a trailer, <laughs> and only about like 5% tops of the trailer was gameplay, which is whatever. It is what it is. But this looks really cool. So Hogwarts Legacy is coming from Avalanche and Portkey Games. Hogwarts Legacy, we don't know much information, but it looks like it's going to be an open world game. It's set in the late 1800s at Hogwarts and your various Diagon Alley and quintessential Harry Potter locales. Yeah, I, I really like the prospect of this game. If Dude, if they have like a sprawling multiplayer where you can just like rank up your character and like learn new spells or like, you know, what I'm really excited for is like uh, the prospect of like choosing your own house and like ranking up your character, maybe rank up like your own faction or something. Like you get clans, you get, I don't know, like I think so much the houses do. of Hogwarts will be the clans. But no, I'm, dude, if they add like a really cool multiplayer to this, I'm hooked. Like I think that's in. what the game will be. So WB did in fact confirm that J.K. Rowling is not involved with the game. She built this universe, the Harry Potter universe, but it's like Star Wars. George Lucas doesn't need to be there anymore. J.K. Rowling doesn't really need to be there anymore. I think we'll still have something great. She's given us enough content to work with. (laughs) Yes, and she's surrounded by controversy at the moment, so it's probably for the best. And she's notorious for like trying to change certain characters like after the fact after you've published the books and like change certain ways you view the characters and it's like once you publish your work it's not yours anymore it's it's really like everyone else's and you you don't really get to have that anymore yeah you've made your billions (laughs) billion i don't know how much you've made but make jk make a new make a new character that has the traits that you did want why not anyways let's move on so then we saw raven studios Raven Studios is making Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, and there was an alpha test this past weekend to jump in and play. I wouldn't have brought this up necessarily, except for the interesting part was when the representative from Raven Studios came out and spoke. He specifically did not say Call of Duty before he said 
Black Ops Cold War, which is Black Ops a whole new line that is going to come out? Are the is the is the Call of Duty name going to be dropped more or less from this franchise? It reminds me a little bit of Sid Meier's Civilization games. People know what you're talking about when you just say Civilization. Will pe- I think people already know what you're talking about when you say Black Ops. Will Call of Duty is Call of Duty just going to be the byline? We talked about this a little bit before over the weekend. I don't know. I don't ever see them dropping the Call of Duty name. I do see them using it in like commercials. Maybe they'll have the logo, but they won't say Call of Duty. They'll just say Black Ops because Black Ops and Modern Warfare have become like these sub brands that are almost ubiquitous, ubiquitous with Call of Duty. You know, it's almost like a household name at this point. Everyone, if you say like, "Oh, I'm gonna play some Black Ops," when I when I tell my friends, "I'm let's play some Black Ops 4," they know I'm talking about Call of Duty. When I'm saying Modern Warfare, they know I'm talking about Call of Duty. So I think they have to keep that on there because Call of Duty is such a ever like even your grandma probably knows what Call of Duty is, you know, or whatever. So I think they have to keep that moniker on there. But I think they're trying to create these. They're trying to build up the brand of Black Ops to the point where it's like, yeah, it's the same as Call of Duty. To me, the Call of Duty Black Ops part that we, the Call of Duty Black Ops section of the PlayStation 5 showcase, to me and to my knowledge, is the first time that we're going to see this diversion into the Black Ops franchise and the Modern Warfare franchise. Yeah. Could this mean that they want to do maybe like a a sub-sub franchise where they're like, we're doing like Black Ops colon, you know, they're well they they are doing Black Ops colon Cold War, so maybe that's why they're not tacking on Call of Duty because it's just too wordy, or maybe they're trying to create this whole different line of games down the road where you have your Black Ops umbrella, you have your Modern Warfare umbrella because those two brands work the best for Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. So I don't see them doing another Advanced Warfare or a Ghosts or these one-off games because those are the ones that are the least received that's critically. A good point. And I think commercially too. Oh, but, certainly. But yeah, I think that's why they're they're playing. They're definitely playing it safe. Can't blame them for that. But I'm interested to see if they're going to just expand on these instead of just keep putting it one iteration after the other. I think if we do see the name Call of Duty colon twenty twenty five whatever the actual title would be, I think we're only gonna really see Call of Duty. I think we're only going to see that name structure if it is, in fact, a new spinoff. And I think we're going to go a couple years now without a new spinoff. Fair to, fair, to, fair to speculate. Cool. All right. So, yeah, that's enough Call of Duty. We'll see you with it next month. So, then we got two game reveals from Capcom. We got Resident Evil 8 Village. I think this Resident Evil game looks pretty cool. It's yeah. Fairy, like fairy tales, and so there's werewolves and vampires and yeah count me in i'm that's another one along with final fantasy i have never really jumped into a resident evil game if i were to jump into one i think it would be probably first the remakes and then maybe dip my toe into this one because it looks so different from all the other ones resident evil 8 might be the one that pulls me in i i don't play scary video games i just don't it's not for me this like pretty much wholly unique setting and theme i think is right up my alley cool so then after that capcom also announced devil may cry 5 special edition and the best part about this is dmc 5 special edition is going to be available day one digitally for the ps5 not necessarily the hottest video game ever not necessarily super popular among consumers you know, it definitely has its niche, but I think being available day one, this one will be the biggest Devil May Cry game yet. I, it's just really great to see something available day one, even if it's even if it's only digitally. I can understand that the supply of physical products, game discs, it's low priority right now considering the pandemic. Yeah, and everything is so backed up. It really it makes sense just to have it available digitally. Cool. Cool. We got some Deathloop, a little bit of Deathloop. Yeah, so we got a gameplay trailer for Deathloop. 
Not my favorite. <laughs> Not my favorite. I'll have to say, like, when they first announced this game, I was like, oh, yeah, this looks, like, really cool. Almost like a spy. Like, the aesthetic to it is almost like James Bond type. And then they showed this gameplay trailer, and I was less interested for whatever reason. And I think it's because, like, yeah, we're kind of confused about what the game is. So, th- in this trailer, they showed off some couple char- a couple characters. Last week, I talked about the Ubisoft Forward event. The de- all the Deathloop characters, I really don't care. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't care. We don't have. We don't know anything about them. We don't know enough about the game for it to really be. Oh, here's their special stats and special powers and stuff. Yeah, I think that what they need. What's to that do, mean if we don't know anything about the game? Yeah, I think what they need to do is stop telling and just start showing. I think they need to do just an uninterrupted like 10, 15 minute gameplay, like show you all the mechanics, how the game works, what your objectives are. They just need to show that, and I think people will be more interested in it instead of just like beating around the bush. Oh, what is this game? You know, we're we're throwing all these things at you visually, but. People want to know what the game's about. Seeing all the characters, it reminded me of the padded out part of the Ubisoft Forward event where they went over Watchdog Legions and a bunch of the characters. And it's really like the worst part of these events, if you ask me, where they're just, it's just really a lot of filler. And we don't know enough. Yeah, and maybe instead of showing us the characters, you could have showed us some more of the gameplay mechanics just raw gameplay yeah yeah it wasn't it still is not clear what exactly this game is it might be a puzzle game sort of where you're doing this time loop thing and as you solve different parts of the puzzle you can loop back and do it right Mm. i'm not sure the most interesting part hypothetically will be if you're working against other people to complete these puzzles that might be the case and that's what I got out of the trailer, but we still don't know that for sure, and we won't know until... Yeah. But of any game that we've seen, I think Deathloop has the most potential. Yeah, I, I'll definitely keep my eye on it. I'm not completely dismissed by the uh, gameplay trailer, but we'll see. So, moving on from Deathloop, we got another trailer for Oddworld Soulstorm. Dave, I know you're... You're all about Oddworld. I'm a big Oddworld fanboy. I'm just kidding. I've I've only played like the first one or whatever, and that was on the original Xbox and I think PS2. Or uh, it was an enjoyable game. I kind of I just forget like everything about it. I I know it's like a side-scrolling platformer. You had to like save your little alien buddies or something. I don't know what the game's about, but it looks interesting to me. My favorite part about the Oddworld trailer was that they had a bunch of words, and my favorite descriptor of all video games is boulder not a rock <laughs> boulder but like text yeah. size boulder like what does that even mean <laughs> so yeah then we got another trailer for the demon souls remake which is pretty cool oh i'm super excited about that one i was telling you yeah well i'm gonna do the top three after this but yeah that, that game looks dope okay so then after demon souls Oh, of course. You knew it was coming. Start flossing, everyone. Fortnite. (laughs) Fortnite is going to be available for PS5 on launch day. More available than Fortnite is on the iPhone these days, I guess. Oof. So yeah, we of course we saw a trailer for that. For the unknowing, PlayStation did buy a 1.4% stake in Epic Games, the creators of, or the owners of Fortnite, and yeah, so that's why we saw that. All right, Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach was also shown. Yes, so between Fortnite and Five Nights at Freddy's, all of the kids will be fiending for the new PS5. (laughs) And then... Maybe the the most underwhelming part of the showcase, at least to me, was as a perk of PlayStation Plus, users will be able to have access to the PlayStation Plus collection, which is really just Sony first-party games in this PlayStation Plus collection. If you've played PS4, if you've played... The biggest games on PS4, let's see, Horizon Zero Dawn, God of War, Uncharted 4, will all be available for the PlayStation Plus collection. 
I don't care. I don't necessarily want to replay any of these games, and and you can re- you can replay them if you already own them on the PS Five. So yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you know, just more padding out of the show, and then of course. But wait, the one more thing. thing. The last thing. So after we saw the price and the release date, we got the one more thing, and that was a God of War. Ragnarok logo. God of War got a reboot in 2018. We saw that takes place in Nordic country instead of Greece. Major major commercial and critical success. Incredible game. Yeah. So it's probably, if we're counting them all up, it's the probably eighth or ninth game in the God of War series that we're getting. That 2018 game what would you call it, God of War 1 on PS4, is really a hard reboot of the series. This news would be more substantial, except we kind of already knew God of War. You knew it was coming, right? Yes, we knew it was coming. (laughs) There's no way they're not doing a sequel. Uh. (laughs) Yeah, that would be like not having a Last of Us 2, except Last of Us 2... (laughs) was only made really because Naughty Dog felt like they had a good story but only made it really because they found success so much success in The Last of Us 1. Yeah. I'd say, you know, since they only showed a snippet of a logo, I would assume the game is just starting to be in production. They'll probably we're probably seeing a year or two from now. I think it's been I would assume it's probably been through going through production already. But if you're really just going to show me a logo, that's completely meaningless. Yeah, there's nothing to show yet. So they're obviously like... We saw a Final Fantasy VII remake logo in like 2010 or 2012, well over five years ago. And it took five plus years for that game to ever show up. Now, I'm not saying that Sony is going to do the exact same thing. I think we will see God of War Ragnarok in 2021, but anybody can throw together a logo in right. an afternoon if they want. Yeah, I think they just have to do that because whether or not it's coming out on launch date, you have to keep that in the minds of people who are buying it. You know, like, oh, God of War is coming. If you just, you know, enter our ecosystem, then you're going to get that game, you know? So, and I think Microsoft's also doing that with Halo Infinite, even though it's being delayed. I see in commercials all the time, like, snippets from, like, the game, like, the the trailers and stuff. It's like, well, you guys delayed it and you're still showing it. I think it's kind of weird, but they kind of have to do that just to, like, say, hey, you're going to get this at some point. David, so since you don't have, being that you don't have a PS4, what's your impression of the PlayStation 5 showcase overall and particularly the PlayStation Plus collection, which doesn't excite me. Well, some, for someone like me, if I were to jump in to the PS Plus collection, this would be that would be for me. Yes. For someone who's just coming in and wants to drop down that extra money, uh, or is it, does it come with... It comes with PlayStation Plus. Yes, it comes with PlayStation so Plus. So it's really an answer to Microsoft's Games Pass? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, if if that's the case, if I'm willing to really just jump into it, then yeah, that's absolutely for me. As far as the showcase went, this is probably the best that Sony has shown so far. This is the most robust presentation, in my opinion. Uh, they showed enough gameplay to get me excited about their first-party games. They showed enough to get me excited about third-party games. And then they also showed the price, and they did a really good job on communicating that like right after Xbox. So I think it was a good response to Xbox's uh, Series S and X. I think from my perspective, I found it fine. I think it was good. I agree that it was good that they were able to respond to Microsoft so quickly. Um, it was critical that they showed gameplay, though, for the uh, for Spider-Man. Absolutely critical that they showed that right off the bat. Agreed. I think that... That's most one of the most anticipated ones. That really drew us in, and it was awesome to really get our first real glance of a PlayStation first-party gameplay on a PS5. But that all being said, I thought the whole presentation was dragged out a little bit. If you made all of the trailers half as long, it would have been so much more impactful... You know, rather than giving me the whole cake right now or half of the cake right now, just give me a tiny sliver. Give me a 30-minute 
tight show that leaves me salivating for more. Yeah. If it was half as long, I think I I think I would have been more excited. We still did not see the user interface of the PS5. Mm-hmm. We still don't know much about backwards compatibility, remote play. So there's still a lot that... I think backwards compatibility won't really be talked about until, I'd say, right around the console when it comes out or even after. <laughs> because they they announced, hey, PS4, PS5 games. That's it. And I think they're really hesitant on talking about it further because that would create more headlines and more eyes onto that topic which they really probably don't want to they don't want to talk about because microsoft has such a robust backwards compatibility plan and program that's my speculation on that but yeah there's still we need we still need to see more from sony and and being that the show was as long as it was i had the worst type of feeling at the end of it that feeling was why did I just spend an hour watching this whole thing for a price and a release date? Yeah. It was it was nice to see the announcements. It was nice to have this sort of showcase in the absence of an E3 back in June this year, but they still left a little to be desired. My my like if I were to say like my favorite games or the games i'm most excited for from this uh from the showcase i would say number one spider-man miles morales uh the gameplay was enough for me to get me really excited about that one the prospects of that game i feel like you could do a lot with uh number two i'd probably say harry potter harry potter would look also you could do a lot with that universe um and then number three i'd probably i'd still say Deathloop. Deathloop is still on my radar i'm still really interested to see the raw gameplay those are the games i'm looking forward to most from sony for sure. On my end, I would say if I had to pick a number one that I'm most excited for after this event, I would say maybe Hogwarts Legacy. I think that could be one of the biggest games this upcoming generation if it's supported well, if it comes out and it's really good. I think that has the most potential to be freaking awesome. Number two, probably Spider-Man Miles Morales, but I'm not putting much thought into it. I'm going to probably pick it up either way the first spider-man on ps4 was freaking amazing so picking it up unless it's just a complete disaster which i don't think there's any way it's going to be a complete disaster even if it's just a completely reskinned version of the ps4 one with new missions that's good with me but as we did see from the gameplay reveal it is definitely an upgrade from ps4 Mm -hmm. spider-man Lastly, I would have to say probably Deathloop. I think Deathloop, as, as I had already said, has the most potential to be something that's freaking really cool. So I'm going to keep an eye out for all three of those games. Special shout out to Final Fantasy 16. That's completely up in the air, but I enjoyed 15 and Final Fantasy 7 Remake. So hopefully it's more, more good stuff. So yeah, that that concludes the cross-examination segment. If you guys have any questions or thoughts about the PS5 event, uh, or just let us know what your most anticipated games are as well, or highlights from the show. In fact, head over to our Patreon. I'll throw up a poll, and we will ask you there what your most anticipated game from the PS5 showcase was. Yeah, Uh, let us know your thoughts, or hit us directly at psboxcast at gmail.com. Woo-woo! It's just, it's just good to know that the console cold wars are finally over. We're now getting into the real console wars, <laughs> even though they're not the same console wars. But we are, uh, we're, the wait for price, release date, it's over, and I'm just glad we're there. Console wars, advanced warfare. <laughs> All right, so let's move let's into move. Fast Fire. Yeah, let's move on to Fast Fire news here. So Fast Fire News, it's just news coming at you real fast. Uh, we're not going to spend too much time on it. This week is actually pretty slow, aside from the PS5 events. We only have a few articles here or there. Uh, number one, Halo Infinite Best Buy exclusive steelbook plus statue is announced. Holy boys. Let's go. So yeah, on Best Buy, we see a listing for Halo Infinite. I believe the price is around like $115 or something like that. So it's not actually like a Microsoft license. Like it's not a Microsoft approved collector's edition uh-huh. it's literally like the game plus a steelbook a best buy like whatever deal with steelbook they have and they haven't shown the steelbook and then a, a separate uh statue that dark horse made of master chief and it looks pretty wicked they don't know the dimensions on it we don't know how big it is 
but just the whole bundle altogether, the game, stand, standard edition, it says, Steelbook and Statue, it's going to be like 115 Have we seen pictures of the Steelbook and Statue? No. So the Steel... Oh. Well, the Statue, yes. You can see it on the website right now. We don't have... You can't buy it yet. And the Steelbook is just a, a dark image. They don't have that yet. Okay. So what that looks like. So we don't know anything. So I don't know whether or not to, to buy this, because I want to buy like the collector's edition of the game i don't want to buy this and then it's like oh they come out with a collector's edition it's separate from that so i really don't know what they're doing yeah what what's the statue look like a little bit it's just like it looks like chiefs with his new armor i think he's kind of like in this weird pose with the assault rifle uh it looks pretty sick classic classic green armor suit classic green armor majolnir i don't know what model it is but yeah the, the newest whatever mark seven or mark yeah whatever whatever but yeah that was just a quick little tidbit about halo infinite for any of you halo guys out there uh we also have cyberpunk 2077 a reminder from a dev that it will be available on next gen on next gen day one so yeah there there is a next gen spec version coming out later on in 2021 but they that doesn't discount the fact that cyberpunk 27 2077 will be available to play on xbox series x as xbox series s ps5 ps4 Xbox One, day one. So that's the original copy of the game will be available to play. Pat, what do you got to say about Rocket League? So Rocket League, earlier this summer it was announced that Rocket League is going to go free to play by the end of the summer. Wednesday, September 23rd is the official first full day of fall. So take that what you will. Rocket League will be adding cross-platform progress. And all items that you already have will now include a legacy label, which is kind of cool. I think the value on those items will inevitably go up over time. They also announced a support a creator program, which kind of cool, has implications for us. If we're making Rocket League videos or making this podcast, we can apply for this support a creator program we will get some code when people make a purchase with our code five percent will go back to the creator the owner of that code which is it's kind of cool and shows a little more support to the people who make content around rocket league Mm. as as many apprehensions i have about epic man they they really i like how they kind of just for the most part they left rocket league alone and they let them just kind of do their thing like i'm still interested to go back to that game you know i feel like they haven't like fortnighted it in 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 that sense of just like nickel and diming you here and there yeah they so originally they did have the loot box structure and we have now gotten this battle pass right battle pass sort of structure and you can go in and buy items from a store a la carte which those a la carte items change out every day or two overall the price of items though it kind of stinks because they've gone up so previously you could have unlocked one of the loot box prizes for a dollar i have since opened all my loot boxes and see the potential items and for the highest level items to be able to actually unlock it after finding out what's in this loot box it cost me $22 $25 for some of the higher end ones Mm. which discourages me I have bought the battle pass two or three times now but so it's still pretty heavily monetized (laughs) okay it's heavily monetized I hope they make some changes to it to the payment system and monetization system but this 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 is good news this is good news though exceptional news I had purposely been holding off buying Rocket League for my Nintendo Switch since I knew this update was coming and I'm super stoked that I'm going to be able to log into Rocket League on my Switch and continue my progress that I made on my PS4 that's awesome Yeah. lastly in their Rocket League announcement they announced that there is this Llama Rama event we don't know much about it but from the title image that they gave us, it looks to be a sort of Fortnite Rocket League crossover. Oh, great. I spoke way too soon. <laughs> I was like, they didn't, they didn't Fortnite the game. At least they didn't Fortnite the game. Well, looks like they're going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Epic owns both of these games. Right. So to tie them in, it, it makes perfect sense. And maybe one day I'll be playing Rocket League on my Android phone right next to my Fortnite app. Cool. 
So we'll see. And that is your Fast Fire News of the Week. Moving on to our rotating segment. Uh, this is a new segment we haven't done, but uh, I, I just got a burning question. So this rotating segment is called Burning Questions. A question that's just burning inside you. Sizzle. And this, and this is not only for my, my comrade here, Pat, but this is also for any of you that, that are listening out there. Please answer. Hit us up at our email. Please, if you have an answer to this question. So, Pat, my question, my burning question this week. What is the worst game you have ever played? Oh, so it brings to mind two things. The first worst game I have ever played, and maybe this just speaks to the classic youthful gamer with not much money to go around. I used to have to ride my bike to my local GameStop, and it took me about an hour to ride downhill to get there and it was an hour uphill back and I'd be dead and sweating when I got back but at least I could buy a new game that way and this one time I went and purchased Call of Duty 3. Call of Duty 3? Okay. Not bad inherently but let me tell you Call of Duty 3 for the Nintendo Wii is not a good <laughs> game. Oh man you should you should have led with that. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I rode my bike down, got Call of Duty 3, came back, and it was just this motion control debacle that was not fine-tuned by any extent of the imagination. And I probably played for two hours when I got home after that bike ride, and I don't think I ever played that game again. That that sounds like a bad time. Yeah. (laughs) Just early Wii adaptations of Call of Duty, like... That just sounds horrible. Yeah, these bad <laughs> ports to the Wii. It, it was a great, is an exceptional console, but it definitely had its weak points in the in terms of the games that it's were funny. available. It's funny you say Call of Duty Three. That was actually my first uh, entry into the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty universe. That was like my first game on Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty with the console when I bought it. So very different experience on the Wii, I'm sure. Yeah, and I I think why I had bought it was because I had played Call of Duty 3 on the 360. The Wii was the only thing I had at home, so if I wanted to play Call of Duty, that's where I got to play it, but it was not not worth it at all. Cool. Yeah, what's up? So the other game that came to mind, not the worst game I ever played, but special shout out, um, a game that I was never able to beat on the Game Boy Advanced was uh, Drill Dozer. Are you familiar with this game? No. Uh, another another lesser known game, Mother Load or Super Mother Load, that came out. You're digging down in Drill Dozer. You got this character that she is inside the Drill Dozer and digging down under the ground, beating enemies with this machine that has the drill on the front. Exceptional game all the way through. Until you get to the final boss, where he destroys the drill dozer, and you're playing with an entirely new mechanic of the girl without the drill dozer on the final boss. And I probably, I don't know how many times I attempted it, but I could never beat it, because I was pissed off, because I had to learn a whole new playstyle after <laughs> playing this game for 10 hours plus. Jeez. So, All right. Those are those are some of the two worst games I've ever played. Yeah, I don't know if I have a worst game I've ever played, just because I have such good taste. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now there is, in recent memory, I think, and I'm, unfortunately I have to say this as a Microsoft Xbox fanboy, Bleeding Edge. That game was trying to be. Have you heard of that game? No, it was, I haven't. It was trying to be like uh, its own like Overwatch. Okay. But not with weapons. Just with melee and like some sort of like some some characters had abilities and stuff, but like, not like for honor level melee, like yeah. Call of Duty punch with one uh, sort of melee. yeah. There, each 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 attack had like their own. I don't know. The game just wasn't balanced at all. That's an issue. I don't know if it's if they've updated it yet, but the characters like the concept was really cool. The con- the characters themselves were really cool. The gameplay just fell super flat for me, and I was playing and just trying to hundred percent it because I already had like most of the achievements, and I was just having a horrible time. Yeah, I think they were just trying. It, and this is actually uh, Ninja Theory, people who made uh, Hellblade. Yeah. So this is like their first attempt at like something else, you know, aside from like a narrative 
driven like third person adventure but even if it has been updated they screwed themselves over if it's an online multiplayer game that's unbalanced because if you aren't able to get those play those week one players to stick around eventually the lobbies are going to be empty and it's unplayable anyways yeah that's 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 my worst experience as of late but yeah that's our burning question of the week if you guys got a burning question let us know psboxcast at gmail.com that's that's it right that's it so we have been your hosts david sd dog and playstation pat fennel green versus blue can be found on spotify apple music or your favorite podcast service you can directly support the show by heading over to patreon.com slash green versus blue. That's patreon.com G-R-E-E-N-V-S-B-L-U-E. David, where can we find you? Find me on YouTube, SD Dog, S W D A W G, and at Twitch, Real SD Dog. S Double D A W G. And you can find me on YouTube at Variety Pat. That's V-A Riot Y Pat. Or on Instagram at PlayStation Pat. Once again, if you have any burning questions, like to be involved with the show, or give us some feedback on what you thought was the best PlayStation 5 showcase game, head over to Patreon, or you can hit us directly at our email at psboxcast at gmail.com. All right? All right. We'll see you guys uh, next time. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. This is Outro.